When the rain falls, that's what we use in everything we do. Bathing of the child, washing, cooking, drinking, that's what we use. But what happens when you cannot rely on the rain? What can a community do to keep water flowing? In the communities we travel to today, nature has the answer. Welcome to Nature Answers, rural stories from a changing planet. We will explore together stories of how communities in rural sub-Saharan Africa are working with nature to adapt to the climate crisis. I am your host, Martin Mogem. I invite you to join me for today's episode as we visit Mem and Pieng. These two communities in Ghana saw reliable water access disappear due to climate change. But let me tell you how local ingenuity and a little bit of help from nature has kept water flowing into town. Let's go to Mem. The road is long and bumpy. The community is five kilometers outside of Atebubu in central Ghana. On the day we visited, potholes filled with rainwater and missing patches of the road had been swept away. It made driving really difficult. And yet, the wet road conditions were also a sign of a nature-based solution in action. But before we begin, I should probably explain what a nature-based solution is and why they matter. My name is Sarim Gabre. I'm uh, the nature-based solution specialist for Farm Radio International. I have a background in economics, but I also specialized in environmental economics and sustainable development. When I studied economics, I, I realized that economic issues are very much related to social, environment, and economic aspects of our daily lives. So nature-based solutions in a simple way are actions that work with nature or working with nature to solve some of our you know biggest challenges in our society like uh, climate change like food security like water security and more specifically it's about protecting restoring and sustainably managing our natural ecosystem uh, so that we can ensure human well-being without harming biodiversity or nature. This entire podcast is part of a project being run by Farm Radio International about nature-based solutions. We are working with radio stations in sub-Saharan Africa to engage and learn from the communities adapting to climate change. They are already using nature solutions to help. That's clear. We are sharing their stories so that other communities can learn from their example. The nature-based solution we are talking about today is water. Near Mem, water is usually rain, and rain is a major problem for many communities in the region. My name is Hannah Edubia. Sitting on two chairs in the shade of a cement building, we spoke with Hannah Adubea, a local farmer. Sometimes you see the leaves of their plants shrinking. It tells you that there is a lot of heat there. 
Heat waves and reliable rains are particularly troubling for farmers. That's because they rely on good crops to provide for their family. There is a lot of heat waves in their communities. They have to experience the heat waves before they experience rainfall. But at this place, it's not like that. So, how has men managed to navigate the climate? especially amid a rainy season that grows more unreliable every year due to climate change. Trees, yes, that's right, trees. We were told that initially thick trees were planted to tackle the immediate issue of strong windstorms which were ravaging the region. But what makes that a nature-based solution? Thick is a type of hardwood tree known for its large canopies and potential to grow up to 40 meters tall. Though they are not indigenous to Ghana, thick trees are common in Ghana due to their potential use as electricity poles. Trees absorb carbon dioxide, they stabilize ground and act as natural windbreaks. If planted with other species, they can also help to increase biodiversity. Their size also acts as an impressive wind block once fully grown. If communities are involved in the control of resources, selective logging and the coordinated planting of trees can bring income back to the community. And that's the thing about nature-based solutions. Not only must they benefit nature, but they must benefit the community. Sitting in a handcrafted wooden chair on the front porch of his home, Yodonko recalled the time Mem first began planting trees many years ago. Initially, we heard about other communities, particularly in the Ashanti region, getting much rainfall and how they were benefiting from the planting of trees. So we thought we could also do the same. According to Yo, it took some convincing to get everyone on board because it wasn't easy at all. We all put ourselves together and entered houses in Mem to inform people of the good news. They came together and decided then that they would plant trees. And in 1991, Mem's leaders took their consent to the nearest city. Atebubu is several kilometers outside of Mem. But compared to Mem, Atebubu is full of people. It's busy and markets line the roads. The group spoke with members of the local agricultural office who eventually granted their request for the seedlings. And so, using tractors and anything they could find, they set about planting. I was strong back then, and I contributed to the planting. I was very excited. Without the trees, things would have been difficult by now. Everyone who could took part in the planting process. This included women like Hannah Adubeya. My major role I played was that we were taking the seedlings to those who were planting. So we carried them to the people who were planting at the planting site. Capable of driving through most terrains and pothole-filled roads, 
instructors like the one you are hearing at the background that helped bring farmers to the location. We had to wake up early in the morning and gather ourselves to go there because at that point we were experiencing much heat. My extended family, they were all part of the planting of the trees. But what does this have to do with water? Gifty Moaka talked to us sitting cross-legged on a garden chair with her seventh-month-old boy trapped to her back. She had plenty to say about the tree's impact on her family. I believe strongly that with the presence of the trees here, that is why we get the rain. I'm young, so I came to hear this from my grandmother and then my mother, that trees call the rain. Community members told us they believe the trees have led to more rain. Though the science is still emerging, there are some evidence to believe they may be right. And Ghanaian experts told us the same. One thing is for certain. Since planting the trees, Mem has seen consistent rainfall, especially during the rainy season. When the rain falls, that's what we use in everything we do. Bathing of the child, washing, cooking, drinking. That's what we use. Mem began tree planting initiatives more than 30 years ago. And now it is somewhat of a green paradise. Trees are growing everywhere, from farm to right beside homes. A good way to measure Mem's rain phenomenon is by looking at how other communities are faring nearby. When people come by from other communities, they talk about it and how on their end they've been getting no rains. Gifty has a unique connection to some of these other communities. Her mother and father only recently made the move to live in Mem. They use the difference in climate to their advantage. In Mem, they farm eggplant and pepper, plants that require plenty of water to grow. And in their original community, they farm plants like maize. And you know maize doesn't require the same amount of rainfall. But rain doesn't just impact how food is grown. Kwakukwa's favorite pastime is playing soccer, or football as it is more commonly called here. Fortunately for him, Mem has a soccer field located near the heart of the community. Here's the kicker. Mem's tree planting is also having an unexpected impact on the soccer games. When it gets too dry season and it doesn't rain, you don't enjoy playing football on the field because the grasses are dried up. They were playing on the pitch during the dry season and the place becomes very dusty. They would be struggling on the dusty pitch to play. Now, it's way better. Mem is not the only community in Ghana tackling water-related climate challenges using nature-based solutions. Closer to the desert than the coast in Ghana's upper west region, near the border with Burkina Faso, sits Pieng. Pieng is a community of more than 1,500 people. It routinely suffers from drought. That's why their local pond has become so crucial. It provides Pieng with the water needed to wash clothing, cook, and boil shinots. The first time we visited Pieng, the community was waiting for rain. The second time, 
it was pouring. Streams of water ran zigzags across the dirt road. We spoke with Bakutia in a community center with a metal roof. You hear it in the clips. We learned more about Pieng's struggle with reliable rainfall. We are finding that climate change is affecting our water. We have to go quite a way to get water. It wasn't always like that. The pond that Pieng relies on used to hold clean water year-round. When I was young, it was far better than the rains now. Since the drought silt has entered the pond, the muddy water made it difficult to wash and cook. But Pieng, like Mem, wasn't ready to give up. Wearing a bright green hijab, Gbenti Mariama explains how they jumped into action. As a community, we decided that because the place was bare, there was nothing. We should put trees around it and regularly check if the water was still being silted. Looking back, Bente said she was glad the trees were planted. If we had not planted trees around it, we would have very sandy water. Let's go back a bit. Trees prevent erosion by holding soil in place and keeping sediment out of waterways. When it rains heavily, they can also filter floodwaters and keep soil from pouring into the pond. But this solution is all a lot easier said than done. People actually told us the planting wasn't exactly easy. First, Pieng needed seedlings. Ghana Savannah Accelerated Development Authority is a government body charged with coordinating development in northern Ghana. And when they were told about the afforestation project, they really show up to assist. Back in the community center, Fuseini Lamize recounted the planting process. It was hard, but because it was something that would help us, I felt I had to do it. I was thinking that a time would come when the waterway would benefit us because I could already see animals drinking there. Bakutia said nearly everyone who could help with the tree planting did. The whole community has planted trees at the dam. We were shown the planting site on our way through the community. We also learned that the community faced a second challenge because once the trees were planted around the pond, they needed more water to keep them alive. And what followed was a community effort like no other. Pierre turned the pond into a small dam to shore up the water they had. And that's the sound of fresh rainwater running into the dam. They also added small waterways to keep the vegetation watered. Picture, little trenches dug parallel to the main dam. The channels carefully surround trees and other shrubbery. What was hard for me was that the things that people typically use to clear the trench weren't available to us. So I was using hose and axes to dig instead. The work took all day. 
For lunch, most of us would cook teaset in our houses and bring it, or sometimes boil corn and mix granite with them. Teaset, also known as tuozafi, is a popular food in northern Ghana. And it is made of maize and millet. Delicious food, indeed. I would get up very early, cook, and by the time I was finished cooking, I would carry the food, by which time some men would already be working. So I would get up around four. There were also moments of light hardness during the planting and digging process. What was funny for me was seeing women using pickaxes because we all wanted water. I had never dreamed of this, seeing women there doing the same things as the men. The dirt from digging the trenches was used to build a wall along one side of the pond that formed the dam. The dam keeps rainwater from rushing further away. Wearing its smile, Baule Idrisu described the moment when water first entered the dam. When water first went through the waterway, everybody was happy. Everyone came down to the waterway to see the water flowing. We knew the sound of running water could be so fulfilling. Now that we are getting water, my hope for the future is that water stays so that the animals can drink and the children can be washing their clothes anytime. Whether it is Pyeng, nearly 24 hours north of the capital city by car or Mem, both communities we visited in today's episode, we're tackling water challenges in a sustainable way. And today, their stories of resilience and innovation are echoed by many other communities in Africa. This is Nature Answers, a podcast produced by Farm Radio International. You can learn more about nature-based solutions and the people implementing them by subscribing to Nature Answers wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media at Farm Radio or visit us at farmradio.org slash nature answers. Do you want to travel with me again in two weeks to hear another exciting story about nature-based solutions? Follow us and for the next episode, I will be with you, your host, Martin Mogem, coming to you right from Yaoundé, Cameroon. This episode was written and produced in Ghana by me, Elmanuel Becklin, with help from staff in Farm Radio International's office in Accra, Ghana, who provided valuable insight and made me feel welcome. The sounds were recorded on location by myself, Christopher Edwards, and Morgana Edby. We joined as part of an internship program with Carleton University's School of Journalism. The translations were voiced by David Addo and Laurentia Ababayo. It was edited by Tara Sprickerhoff. Farm Radio compensated community members who participated in interviews. It is common practice to compensate a person in this region for the time they are spending being interviewed. Our podcast would exclude many important perspectives if we only interviewed those who could afford to step away from their economic activities without compensation. Nature Answers was produced thanks to funding from the Government of Canada.